I don't preach one of her highlight hit singles of 1986. Okay, it is what now? 24 minutes to three o'clock uh, on a Wednesday afternoon. It's the one, two, three show. James in for Noreen for one day only. And as normal on a Wednesday afternoon, uh, Cruz is on. And uh, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about kettles today. Cruz, how are you? I'm very well, James. How are you doing? Yes, good, thank you. Yes, absolutely fine. Uh, it's a bright day out there. It doesn't look like it's going to rain at the moment, although we keep talking about isolated showers, but I haven't seen any so far. But uh, um, tell us all about Kettles <laughs> Cruise. That sounds fa- fascinating. I've, I was just saying earlier on that I've got this image of you walking around your kitchen with a kettle on your head. I don't know why. I don't know why, but it just came to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably accurate to be honest i spend a lot of time with a kettle and i think it's because i spend a lot of time with caffeinated beverages Mm, mm, mm. right um but i'm i'm sure like yourself are you a tea or coffee drinker james i tend to be a bit more of a coffee drinker but i you know in my younger days i used to drink a lot of tea and um you know we had kettles of all kinds when i was a kid i can tell you you know kettles on the gas stove kettle whistling kettles and the whole lot so you're you're really someone you're the things i'm talking about today i'm talking about as if they're in the distant past but actually you you know them all very well We're talking about the history of the kettle, some of these <laughs> yes. different kettle models, and I didn't anticipate that actually, you know what, it's not always been about the electric kettle. There's been other options. Um, so that's fascinating. Um, for me, I think what I find very interesting about kettles, and the reason I wanted to talk to about it today, is because there's something in the routine and the ritual of boiling a kettle that I just find so satisfying. And I don't, I remember a few years ago, quite a few years ago now, wow, quite a long time ago actually, now I think back, Um, I was in the US on an exchange as a university student. And of Mm. course, in my own university in New Zealand, I would boil my kettle to a rolling boil, make myself a big mug of tea probably 12 times a day, you know. And then I was in dorms in the US and where I was, no one had ever heard of an electric kettle. Nobody had an electric kettle. They used to put their tea bag in a cup of water and microwave it. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do that. You can't do that to a tea bag. You can't. Goodness. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, <laughs> and and on that note, uh, she disappeared. Uh, Cruz, I, are you there? As soon as we started talking about um, uh, tea bags and microwaving them, she was gone. <laughs> I don't know what happened to her. Okay, we'll get her back and come back in just a second.
Parsons. Work that boy. Uh, work that kettle. Cruises on, and uh, we're talking about kettles. And uh, we got we got cut off for cruise when you were talking about putting uh, a mug of uh, tea into the microwave. <laughs> I think it was the sacrilege that uh, you can't do that. Uh, is that particularly an American thing? Do you think you can't do that? James, you can't do that. Yes. And, okay, I looked into this. I was like, why does no one in, well, the majority of people in the U.S., why do they not have electric kettles? They they claim to be so advanced in so many ways. Why do you not have an electric kettle? Hmm. And apparently it has to do with voltage. Did you know that? It has to do with the voltage. So, actually, in the U.S., they, have, they tend to have lower voltage. Um, so, it would take a couple more minutes for the right. water to boil. Well, that's right, because so they have 100, 110, don't they? I think 110 volts, I think, or 100 volts or something like that. And we have, what, 220, 240. Exactly, something like that. But the basic point is that it just takes longer. And apparently they were so impatient for that that they decided to just be out with them forever and not even have them. Um, <laughs> but I do love a kettle. And um, and it's interesting because they, they're quite an ancient thing, the kettle. Um, the first kettle in history was between 3,500 and 2,000 BC, where people used kettles made from bronze with decorative spouts. And, of course, fast forward to the 19th century, where kettles were designed from iron, and they, um, which, of course, became a very uh, popular material to use in the kettle market. Um, we have uh, the electric kettle was first um on the scene in 1922 developed by an inventor called Arthur Leslie Large um, and that plugged into an electrical outlet instead of sitting on a heating element on top like previous models so that made a lot of sense now the ones that you were describing from your youth um, <laughs> the kind of <laughs> the, the, like the whistling kettles and the stovetop kettles and mm. things like that I mean essentially it's the same principle isn't it it's a vessel that gets very very hot and boils water Exactly. And it boils water for lots of different reasons, yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, and, of course, uh, b- water boiling at 100 degrees Celsius, in case anyone needed that tiny little science lesson on a Wednesday afternoon. Um, but we see we see the history of kettles around the world um, and that we see this sort of ancient kettle idea um, seen in lots of different cultures. Um, even in... Um, We look at like, so in Mesopotamia, of course, naturally, it's always going to be Mesopotamia when we talk about like ancient geniuses. (laughs) And they they were the ones who had one around sort of like 3,500, 2,000 BC. But in Russia, a traditional way of boiling water is by using a samovar, which is basically a large metal container that, again, boils water. So it's kind of interesting that all these different cultures have come up with their kind of hot pot, if you will, kettle to boil water, even irrespective of kind of tea culture. Because... um, Tea wasn't really popular in, for example, the UK until the 18th century, which is when it was a very expensive drink that they imported from Asia. And, you know, the British East India Company started trading with China directly, having a clear focus on tea and things like that. And it made it more available once it was reserved for the wealthy. Now everyone has it. And to the point that everyone has it, so much so that, and I don't know if you know about the show EastEnders, I don't watch it, but I know of it. Yeah, yeah. it's a UK soap opera, isn't it? And I think it's been going for like yes, 30, a UK soap opera. 30 years or something, yeah. Yeah, mm. 
Mm. Yeah, something ridiculous. It's a long-standing soap opera that everyone watches in the UK. After an episode of EastEnders airs on TV, so many kettles are turned on in Britain that it has to borrow power from France. (laughs) (laughs) The surge, the total surge on the electricity grid across the country is so intense because everyone pops their kettle on exactly the same minute. Right, right. That, wow, that's amazing, isn't it? That is, yeah. You could, you could sort of measure. Isn't the, that fascinating? The, you could kind of measure the uh, uh, the ratings almost by that, presumably. Oh, I assume you probably could. Or like everyone's lights go off would be another way of. <laughs> wow, that must have been a great episode tonight. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's pretty interesting. Um, of course, in in most working class households originally, kettles were made of cast iron or enamel. But in more well off households, um, your tea kettle was made from copper. But since metal can get obviously very very hot, people used to use a folded cloth on the handle to make it safer to hold. And that's a really interesting point when we look at the history of the kettle: is the safety of a kettle do you know what i mean and um it's uh, like the ones you're describing like the whistling kettle which of course Mm. everyone even if we've never experienced one i would know what one was because it's become such a popular part of popular culture to know the whistle of a kettle means the water's boiling right so you're you're saying you're you're saying cruz that you, you you never used a whistling kettle I've never used a whistling kettle personally, you know. <laughs> I just was, know what it is. What was what was your kettle when you were a kid? Was it was it ele- an electric kettle at that point? I think it was an electric one. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we had I don't remember a whistling kettle. Maybe we did. I'm sure my mother's listening and she'll correct me later and say, "Yes, we had this kettle or this kettle, but I can't remember one specifically." But I do, but it's it's interesting because people like you said they they have had such a an interesting history in terms of their design. Um even today I remember once going to a friend's house years ago and they had a, a glass kettle like a mm. see-through kettle so you could watch the water bubbling which i guess is the equivalent of watching paint dry but it was fascinating <laughs> and it I, made you know what i mean it was pretty incredible yeah i think they've i think they those glass kettles are, are they have are having a renaissance because i've actually seen it several of them um in in shops and in people's houses recently i think i think that's the in thing i think that's the in thing to have a, a kettle which is uh, a see-through kettle now, uh, just on that note, we, we lost Cruz briefly. Cruz, are you back with us? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm back. You're I'm back. back. You were You're just back. talking about the renaissance of the glass yes, kettle. Yes, I think I so. agree. Mm. I think I've seen them. Yeah. I um, I recently saw, like, it's funny what people will spend money on as an item of design. You know, like, ultimately, all it's doing is making water hot, right? <laughs> That's what it's there to do. <laughs> you know, I mean, a saucepan on a stove does the same thing it might not do it as efficiently and it will waste more water i mean more electricity or more gas or more resources to do so if it's pretty inefficient but i mean it's not exactly rocket science right but it kind of is rocket science it's there's a lot of science involved and if we look back through history the designs that they've had around them and the way that they thought about putting that element inside a kettle hmm. is kind of fascinating we take for granted the fact that like now um i had a few a few i would say a couple of years ago i had a kettle that didn't turn off when fish boiling you know hmm. what i mean it just kept hmm. boiling and i i couldn't i couldn't live with it i mean it, in principle it shouldn't be a problem i just check and turn it off but i couldn't do it because i'd become so reliant on my kettle turning itself off when my water had boiled <laughs> but we take these sorts of things for granted death by electrocution used to be a literal um hazard of having a home kettle um they said that um 
uh, prior to the inclusion of the automatic safety element, which is that bit that turns off your kettle when you know automatically turns off your kettle when the water starts boiling mm. um it was possible to boil a kettle dry causing the kettle to fail and risking an electrical fire um but the device within it caused its own problems a person whose kettle had stopped working was tempted to investigate the cause of the failure themselves and death by electrocution often followed um so there was a series of articles in the british medical journal as late as the 1960s that described that women over 60s over 60 were particularly vulnerable to electrocution due to the use of scissors in the investigation of the connectors of electric irons and kettles and one doctor even described the electric kettle with its safety device as a booby trap for old ladies <laughs> there you go it's i mean it's interesting about the, the boiling a kettle dry though because you know i remember my uh, my mother uh, putting the whistling kettle on and actually sometimes she would get a bit annoyed she didn't want the whistle to go off and so she'd leave the whistle off. And I remember at least on one occasion her, her letting the kettle boil dry and us both going, there's a funny burning smell here. And literally the, you know, all, the, all the water had Gosh. gone and, and, and the gas uh, under the aluminium bottom of the, uh, the kettle had, had literally almost melted the aluminium. Uh, <laughs> we, oh, my goodness. You know, so in, in the past, I think there were quite some dangers associated with, uh, with kettles. Yes, and apparently a lot of bravery associated with thinking you could fix one. So <laughs> probably have Crazy. left it to some professionals. But it's very interesting. Now, of course, um, once upon a time in, in New Zealand, which is um, where my father's from, um, most people um, in the kind of colonial days where they, you know, showed up and took everything, hmm. um, most people had cast iron kettles, which were fine until you splashed cold water on them when they were hot. And mm. this usually ended their life as a usable vessel because it would put a large crack through them, hmm. right? So if you, you, you know, there's sort of like all these different designs that they seem like a little bit temperamental. Um, of course, um, uh, in, in England, silver kettles became part of the English tea drinking tradition in the 1700s, which continued on as well. Um, and of course, um, oh, one thing I should say is I found that the origins of the word kettle, which was quite sweet, and the origin of the word kettle comes from the old Norse word kettle, which means cauldron. It's literally like pop the cauldron on. Mm. which I thought was delightful. Wow. Delightful thing to say, really. Pop mm. the cauldron on. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so we have all these different types of kettles. Now, um, interestingly, um, uh, you know, there's the kind of uh, – the, people did think about safety at, a, at some point, and they thought about having, like, small electric jugs making them safe. Apparently, small electric jugs were actually available before World War One, and they were intended for heating small quantities of water or milk for one hot drink or heating water to shave. So it's like this like very twee little idea about having a little tiny electric jug for yourselves, which I think is coming in vogue a bit more now. People can travel with their jugs because there's so many horror stories about hotel kettles. Have you ever heard those horror stories? I'm not repeating them on air. What people? But, what you mean the ones about people uh, cleaning their underpants, washing their underpants in the kettle? All those sorts of things. Yeah, <laughs> just, you just don't want to. You don't want to know. You think of a kettle as quite a sterile thing. You know what I mean? I know what um, you mean. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> um, I did find an interesting fact that apparently, and I just find this the quaintest little image to think of, MI5 used to own special kettles that it kept specifically for steaming open envelopes. Really? <laughs> like, 
can you imagine they used to have just i read i read an extract in a book um of, of obviously a few decades ago having like a a line of kettles in a room just constantly mm, on mm. the boil so they could open mail when they were spying <laughs> really interesting <laughs> it seems like i'm like i'm sure your mi5 couldn't you have thought of a better solution than having a kettle but i guess there wasn't maybe it was really the most effective solution mm, in the end mm, mm. um which I thought was fascinating. Um, of course, um, there's a lot of different styling that goes into kettles. So we have our, you know, in the 1930s, there were kettles with Bakelite handles and lids, which were really popular. I mean, prior to this, um, prior to having a handle on the lid, you could obviously get scalded or you could, it could boil dry or you could have an electric shock. It was kind of a risk, but obviously one that many were willing to take for a cup of tea. Um, but yeah, that was about it. And so I have a quote to end on today, James, which I think captures my appreciation for the boiling kettle quite nicely. <laughs> Go on then. Um, it's, um, it's by an author, Amit Chodhori, who in a book called Afternoon Rag, and he said, water begins to boil in the kettle. It starts as a private secluded sound, pure as rain, and grows to a steady solipsistic bubbling. I was like, that's beautiful. That's the poetry of the kettle that I sought to capture, and he did it very, very well. And it's, and it's true, isn't it? Because, you, you, you know, especially if you're waiting for the kettle to boil, you really do notice that sound as it, as it, uh, as it builds up. It's, uh, it's quite something. It's sort of music in itself. It's, it's, it's in quite poetry. meditative, and there is nothing like that feeling. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, and that, that final, that really rolling boil of a kettle poured directly onto a tea bag just... There's nothing like that. It's a simple joy, James. It's a very simple joy, but it's a delightful one. <laughs> no, it is, isn't it? I, yeah, yeah. I never knew there was so much about kettles, to be honest, uh, Cruz. You know, it's, 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 as you say, there's science, there's, there's arts, there's everything there, isn't there? There is. Oh, and one last point. Mm. We obviously have a phrase that we all know, uh, you know, the pot calling the kettle black. Yep. I would like to tell you that I was I never really understood it, which I'm ashamed to admit. I feel like everyone knew what it meant. Well, I knew what it meant. It was about hypocrisy, but I never really understood where it came from. Turns out last year was the 400th anniversary of that phrase, which originated from the fact that once upon a time, everyone had iron cookware. Mm -hmm. in their kitchens on stoves so everything got blackened right right so everything was black the pot was black the kettle was black the black the frying pan was black from soot yeah and in, in a phrase from a 1620 translation of the novel don quixote there was a qu uh, quotation that said you were like what it is said that the frying pan said to the kettle avaunt black brows now avaunt is an archaic expression which means go away so it's like it says in this that the frying pan said to the kettle go away black brows now the black brows they're talking about the kettle having is a fancy way of describing the soot from heating up the cast iron on the fire which is the same soot that the iron frying, pa frying pan would also have had so that's where our phrase comes from but it's very old and nobody really has cast iron cookware covered in soot anymore nice. and we still say pot calling the kettle, kettle black, black yeah, yeah. who knew who knew yeah. um who knew? as ever cruz is here on the wednesday uh, uh telling us all about some, some interesting stuff and it's been kettles today cruz it's been great thank you very much no problem uh, have a good week and uh, we'll speak to you on the one two three show this time next week take care sounds good bye 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 i believe it would be